Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia. A daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. And this is an interesting show today that's going to bring interesting facts. This is mostly for you, man. But women, we can pick up a little feedback, too, off of this. Here with me, my formerly guest, is Dr. Catherine Foster, warm and so generous and animated guest, and authority on relationships and how they're changing. She's author What Women Want Really When Your Relationship Changes, A Woman's Journey Along with the Naked Truth About Man and Romance. She has also authored two novels, Sessions, Memoirs of a Psychotherapist, and Finding My Way. So without further ado, here is Dr. Catherine Foster. Dr. Hello. Foster, thank you for joining us. Thank you for Hi, joining us yes. today. Thank you. It's good to be here. It sure is, and I'm so glad. Something that the man can know about the naked uh-huh. truth about men. I want to know all <laughs> these dirty secrets. What goes Absolutely. on in their mind while they think? <laughs> yes. Yeah, real, real, real romantic relationships can be frustrating. <clears throat> and, you know, there's, there's no other area of life where we would be okay with having so little information in comparison with such a big decision. We go into romances with very little understanding of the opposite sex. Right. We do. Yeah. And I guess I, I guess to assume that this really comes from childhood because we learn from what we see. We see our parents do something, so we figure that's the correct way. If we see our father abuse a woman, then we think that's what we're supposed to go through. Am I mm-hmm. correct, Dr. Paul? Yeah, yeah that, that's a horrible thing. Yes, we learn that. Absolutely. There's, so, there's some other things about childhood, though, that are even even more basic, having to do with our basic natures. Um and our ex- expectations of romance come, you know, they begin in childhood. So you have you have boys and girls mostly being separate because they don't they don't really like each other that much, you know, until suddenly sexual urges compel us to become intimates. I mean, I mean to, to go from kind of nothing to go from something very intense. It's quite a transition, but but girls in in their relationship with each other, they they tend to have rich dialogue and they make self-disclosures to each other being very real about their feelings and they focus on each other rather than an activity boys on the other hand 
tend to be in groups and center around a competitive activity so that, you know, like when you're playing football or soccer or something, conversation is minimized. They're establishing hierarchies, and personal revelation is discouraged. So when a woman, you know, comes into a a relationship with a man, she is expecting that emotional closeness will develop through dialogue. You know, and that and that he will give empathic listening. That includes tuning in, so he can ask relevant questions and being attentive and watching for the rise of feelings as she talks. This is what girlfriends do. So she's she's expecting this in the most intimate relationship of her life. Right, and, and just to tie that into with the fact, you know, we all probably have had this fantasy thing coming from fairy tales and it's unrealistic dating and marriage expectations. We want the Prince Charles. We mm-hmm. we want the woman the man want the women who might can cook and clean, but it doesn't barely happen like that. Till as old as time, true as it can be, I mean, it, it it's just not the realistic thing. It has to do with brain structure. You know, men and women's okay. brains are actually different. And uh, it leads us to have different expectations and values. So, you know, you know. I think I think the biggest thing <clears throat> we now know things about the brain that explain the frustration, and we can make a lot better sense of it. And you know, most of us live in contemporary life. We 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 live in the more in the moment, and we don't stop to understand that our brains are very very old, and they adapted over 99.9% of human history to two different roles. Men were hunters and women were nurturers. And that's a pretty powerful concept uh, that many of us know, but to apply it to your personal romance takes a lot of thought. But it, it affects at least three areas. You know, number one is that men had to toughen themselves emotionally to kill and to do battle. They had to suspend empathy. You know, you you don't go out and kill Bambi's mother or Thumper or whatever and and love them. You have to suspend your caring. But at the same time, women were, they were not killing. They They were giving birth, which hormonally flooded them with empathy. And, you know, Empathy is that ability to get into somebody else's shoes. So women do that very well. It comes out of our very brain structure that adapted to that role as a nurturer. So that's first. And then then second is when male hunters were killing and pursuing animals, their testosterone rose sharply, which made their sex drives high. I mean, today men have 10 to 20 times the testosterone that women do, but testosterone does something else. It causes you to have a a uh, self-orientation, uh, to be very self-interested, you know. This is really different than what happened to the woman. It's almost opposite because she has the oxytocin that made her able to take care of babies. And, I, you know, I don't know... Technicia, if, you, if you've seen somebody with a baby lately, but my gosh, the mother has to just surrender herself. She has to give and give. 
She has to be very right, self-sacrificing. So that that's opposite of the effect of testosterone, which is, causes you to be more self-oriented. So n- number one is that men had, you know, were different emotionally. Men had to toughen themselves. And second is that men have all this testosterone while women have all the oxytocin. Then third, men developed as silent stalkers of prey. So they learned to use language in staccato and factual ways. At the same time, women were developing language in the way that you have to do when you're teaching and taking care of kids all day. You, you kind of talk all day. And, and, and also in developing community with other women so that they could, you know, search for, for herbal medicines and, and uh, foods um, in cooperation so they were still safe from animals and, and attackers, you know. So w- women learned to use language to establish closeness, and men use language in a, in a very basic way that has to do with just establishing facts. Real different. It, it really is. Uh-huh. You know, these are some, these are some great interesting facts. Uh, Dr. Foster, I would like to ask, yeah. How did you become like how did you become interested in romance psychology? Well, I mean, I you know, I I even at the age of 13, I knew I would be a psychologist. I kind of had a profound sense of knowing and I never veered from that. Um when I when I started <clears throat> doing psychology and, and I've been practicing for about 28 years and um I saw how many women had similar experiences. Uh, you know, they were they were struggling with what it was like to be in a relationship with a man, and it, it, there, it really wasn't what they expected. And then I started looking at how, you know, two-thirds of divorces are brought on by women. It's, it's women who are really struggling in these relationships. So then, then I was looking at why is that, you know, and um, it has a lot to do with what I cover in The Naked Truth About Men and Romance, that men have the effects of testosterone and they have less empathy than women do. That affects a lot of things. And they're what we call systemizers or uh, they, they tend to tune in to how a system works. Men want to know how a, it can be a, how a pencil sharpener works or, or how the world economics works. You know, it can, can be any of those things. Women, on the other hand, tend to be more relationship-oriented. And that has to do with our basic brain structure. You know, the, the neocortex capacity in a, in a female causes her to be very relationship-oriented. And the subcortical units in a guy causes him to be more competitive. Okay, yeah, that does. Now that does make sense. What, but I guess once we really just learn to identify our own individual our healthy needs, we must also learn not to be attached to those ex- expectation of how those needs probably need to get fulfilled. Yes, and let me say this. Um, I think the biggest mistake women make when they go into a relationship with a man is that they drop their female friendships. Now, I think we've always known that, you know, but 
we know more about it from research. For instance, there was a study done in Germany uh, where, where they found that when a, when a man was joined by his female significant other as he's preparing for a stressful, stressful circumstance, like let's say he's going to deliver a speech, his female partner's presence really lowered his stress levels. I mean a lot, you know. But if a woman was in the same situation, she was preparing for the same event, and she was joined by her guy, her stress levels surged upward. Interesting, huh? (laughs) The reason is probably because men give support by giving advice, which feels to the woman like she's being pressured into doing something, whereas a woman gives emotional support by offering acceptance and validation. So it's a very different feel. And a French study found that female friendship was the major contributor to women's happiness above family members, above romance, that it ranked 85% as to what made them feel happy and, and caused them to flourish. Now, the reason for that, really, is that women are different with each other. They, they have very different friendships than two men do, you know, they, For one thing, women have a lot of circulating oxytocin in their bodies, which causes them to bond. So the relationship between two women is is a bonded relationship. So their personal boundaries become permeable. They become very open with one another. Um, They relax their guard. They kind of enter the friendship with no holds barred and connect as, as two souls. Men, um, <clears throat> two men, you know, they, they can't really do that. There's a part of the brain called the DPN that's big in men, and it causes them to be competitive with each other, and it causes them to conceal things and to try to get a one-up stance. And it, they're even suspicious sometimes of, of other men. So th- this, is, this is why, going, going back, this is why when a woman uh, enters a romance, she can be quite surprised that the guy hasn't developed the the relationship skills she's developed because his brain structure wouldn't allow it. He couldn't have close, close relationships. And I and I know there's some exceptions to this all to all of this, you know. But generally, um, he couldn't develop that closeness because of the the competition that he felt in a relationship with another guy, while a woman. You know, as, as a girl, she's developing all kinds of relationship skills because she's close with other girls. And taking that into adulthood, if she drops her female friendships to be in a romance, you know, she she's really making a mistake because there's so many things she can't get. It's really, it, research shows that it isn't really romance that staves off loneliness long term. It's really friendships. They do so much for us. And, you know, Technesia, in in our times, when people are going in and out of relationships more quickly, it will be the female friendships that provide the foundation and steadiness throughout our lifetimes. So it's really really worth it to invest in your female friends. 
Dr. Foster? Yeah. Uh, now, valid, valid good point. You know, but I was just thinking about that when you were saying how women drop their friends. It's, mm-hmm. It is amazing. I don't know. I haven't done that. I still keep my friends as they mm-hmm. are because if I was with, if I'm with you through the beginning, I'm going to be yeah. with you through the end. You sound There's like no a good friend. There's no getting rid of my friends. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think you should. If a man make you give up your friends, then you don't need to be in that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's important to take time for that because there's there's so much that a woman gets from those relationships that it's that she probably won't get from a man. Can, can I give a caveat here, Technicia? Because I, yes. I I want to make sure I say this that yes, ma'am. most a, a lot of the stuff I'm saying is not true during courtship. So if you if you're newly dating a guy, <clears throat> there is a hormonal cocktail that's going on in both you and him that causes things to be different. I mean, your dopamine is higher, so so is his. So like you might go to football games with him, you know, t- uh, dopamine makes you open, it makes you seek more experiences, makes you happy too, you know. So you may go to football right. games with him, and, and you'll, you're not going to do that later. You know, he, he may go visit your grandmother with you, but he's not going to do that later. And we, we have to be careful about that courtship period. And it lasts, you know, eight months to a year, around that amount of time. And you have to understand that both you and he are different. You know, you have more testosterone. Um when you're away from him, your serotonin goes down, which is, you know, serotonin is what uh, we get from antidepressants. And so you feel a little blue until you get back together with him, and then you feel the dopamine again, and it feels good. Um, so that cocktail makes us quite different. And, and I always say to people, enjoy it. You know, it's very fun, but don't sign on the bottom line because you, you need to wait and get to know him after that year-long period, you know. Right, you have to be careful of who you trust. You do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mother Nature wants us to couple. And so she has created a a way to make that happen. But, But the other thing that's so interesting about that courtship period is that for mm-hmm. a period of time, Men are more like women. And what I mean by that is that Mother Nature knew to give men more oxytocin. That's, that, that's the hormone that women mostly have, you know, during the courtship period. So a man talks more. He discloses more. He'll talk about his feelings more. He is truly more like a woman during that courtship period. Pretty pretty tricky, but it's really important to know that. The the other time that Mother Nature imbues him with more oxytocin is when you have his child. Then the oxytocin okay. Yeah, yeah. Then the oxytocin comes into play in his body so that he can bond. He can bond with a child. But it's but it's it's not the norm, you know. It's it's a special Wow! It and yeah. Dr. Foster, all this with that going on, all this still has to do with the way the brain functions, right? Yes, it does. 
And it goes back to how we developed as humans. You know, we, we developed with such clear and opposite roles. Men were killing, women were nurturing. So we developed uh, a brain chemistry, a structure of our brain, and we developed hormones um, to fit that. You know, it, ma- it makes sense. And it's going to take us a long, long time to change that kind of the, the way the brain is. So everybody needs to understand how that works. Okay, okay. So not everyone is still stuck in that well, situation. No, no, I, I, w- I would say we pretty much are. It's, it's going to take a very long time for us to evolve into something different. We, we have the effect of that human development now. And that's why men have 10 to 20 times the testosterone women do. You know, it, it isn't really for what men are doing today. It's for what they used to do. That's why they have it. Wow. I know. <laughs> it's pretty mind-boggling, isn't it? So, so we might say it this way, that romance is actually an agreement to meet the needs of someone with different needs. Okay. And, and I, I, I really, you know, I mean, granted, both male and female like to go to restaurants and movies and find intellectual stimulation and have fun, but in the guts, of the relationship, especially after that first year is over, you find the essential differences. So let, let, let me illustrate that a little bit. <clears throat> I mean, what actually happens, you know. Uh, let's say that you have two heterosexual women, and they're going yeah. to lunch. And they both know that they want to deepen their friendship. So we can pretty much predict what's going to happen. They are going to start sharing negative emotion they're going to talk about what's been making them sad or what makes them discouraged or or what they what they really want and what they're struggling for they're they're going to make disclosures and seek to be very real with each other because that's how two females get close so then take one of those women and she goes to dinner with with her guy that night And, again, you know, she wants to deepen the closeness with him, so she does it in the way that she understands. She does the same thing. She starts talking about her negative emotion because she's trying to be very real, only it doesn't work because there's a part of his brain called the mirror neurons that jump up and down and go in search of the fastest way to get her out of distress. Now, he has no idea that he shuts her down. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't know that it, it, it feels like he just poured cold water on her attempts to get close with him. She doesn't really want to be fixed by him. She, she's trying to do something very different. She's trying to get close. So she decides, okay, well, that didn't work. So she tries getting him to talk. She kind of interviews him and tries to get him to open up and talk about his feelings, you know. But a a man's mind is often in neutral. He often feels fine. And so she gets nothing. He doesn't doesn't disclose anything. In fact, he kind of feels like it would be best if he doesn't disclose anything. I mean, not, not only does he not really feel anything 
to disclose, <laughs> but he, he, given his childhood, he doesn't really feel like he, like it's appropriate to do that because when you're on the soccer field with a bunch of boys, it is not cool to start disclosing what makes you sad, right? So nothing, it, there, there's, that's where men and women can be at a standstill. Now you mentioned the book what women want really and right yeah and and that is written for men i mean it's it's written for a guy who does not want to read a relationship book <laughs> you know because most men don't read self-help books but this is very precise and bullet pointed um people have called it riveting because it reveals the bare bones of what a guy has to know in order yeah. to be successful I, I like I like the idea. A guy can read that alone, or even better, he can read it with his female partner and read it out loud. It's it's short enough that you can do that. There's also discussion questions in there, and it's kind of like I I use it as a tune up for couples. Um, you know, you read mm-hmm. it once a year, or you read it when things aren't going well, and it just kind of puts you back on track. Uh, see, now that'll be a good thing for you guys out here. See, and she said, you and your woman can actually read it. Don't be ashamed because this is actually a helpful thing. Now, Dr. Foster, also neuroscience, of course, plays a part in this, but how can neuroscience really teach us about love? Well, you know, neuroscience is uh, the study of the, the brain and the nervous system and um, its impact on our behavior and how we think. So it has to do, neuroscience has to do with the, the structures of the brain and the hormones that influence. You know, I've been, I've been talking about oxytocin that mostly affects women and then testosterone that mostly affects men. Um, so if we understand it, then it opens our eyes and it's a big factor in being a, in any romance. The, the Naked Truth About Men and Romance is really a friendly guide to neuroscience. And it allows you to go into romance with your eyes open. But the reason it can, can affect us, the reason knowing, and especially women, I think, because women are the ones who are disappointed. Uh, women are the, are the ones who come in with, to, to romance with such high expectations, you know. That if a woman can grasp neuroscience, it can cause her to have expectations that really make sense. It can also cause her to be empathic toward a guy because she gets him now. You know, women are very empathic. Um, There's hundreds of studies that show that women have a greater empathy ability than men do. You know, it means that they have greater emotional responsiveness and nurturance, that they feel motivated to extend help, that they pick up on nonverbal cues. They can read another person's unstated feelings, you know. Because when you think about it, if any female failed to respond quickly to to the distress of her little one, she would lose him. Right. So... Mother Nature sensitized her. Okay. Now, you know, I'm under, now I'm yeah. understanding that. 
Well, yeah, let, let me let me talk a little bit more about women's brains. Because, <clears throat> you know, it, not only can this make you extremely proud of who you are as a female, but it also really helps you understand romance, okay? So we now have sophisticated MRIs that show us that by the age of 17, a girl's brain has transformed so that the processing of emotion moves up to her higher brain, her cerebral cortex, where higher mental functioning takes place, like reflection and reasoning. So when this brain change happens in her, she can now easily explain what she feels and why she feels what she feels, because she can, she can put thinking and emotion together and integrate them and really speak about where she's at. She can hook words up to feelings in a way that men can't. She can reason through her emotions. That's why she wants to talk so much about feelings. So now her emotional intelligence has taken a leap, and she's quite different from a man. She now thinks her feelings, and she feels her thoughts. And her identity becomes associated with this feeling thought thing that she does. So if a guy doesn't want to talk to her about her feelings, she doesn't feel known. And it's one reason why women turn off sexually, because they don't even feel the guy knows them. I mean, it's amazing how many women that have been married 25 years or something will come into therapy and say, he doesn't know me. And, of course, the guy's shocked because he's been living with her. He feels like he does know her, but he doesn't know her emotionally. He hasn't been listening. Right. So this, the, this doesn't happen to men. The, the processing of negative emotion remains in the primitive males forever. So if you're asking a 7-year-old boy or a 57-year-old man why he's mad or why he's sad, you're likely to get, I don't know. One thing, I, you know, I, I joke with guys that are in therapy, and, and I say that I think they need to tattoo on one wrist, <laughs> you know, right. remind, reminding them to say, you're the most important person in my life. I want to know how you feel. Now, see, what men tend to do is say, you're the most imp- important person in my life. I want to have sex with you. And That's what they really want. Well, the 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 reason for that is that today men are four times more likely than women to see sex and emotional closeness as the same thing. So women don't right. do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for men, it tends to be the same thing. So he thinks by being sexual with you that he is establishing emotional closeness. But for women, sex and emotional closeness are two separate things. In fact, she needs emotional closeness before she feels like being sexual because being sexual is kind of um, symbolic of the emotional closeness she feels. Right, right. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a short commercial break, and we're gonna come yeah. back with Dr. Foster, 
and we're going to talk, we're going to discuss more into your book too, Dr. Foster. So don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call 1-877-333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember... Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom, but a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and, even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started, but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, we're back on the air with Dr. Catherine Foster, a romance psychologist. We're talking about the differences between men and women, and basically you men, because sometimes you think a little differently, and this has been a problem since childhood that we're trying to conquer, but we still have a lot of time to evolve, and we still haven't evolved yet, as Dr. Foster has mentioned. Dr. Foster, I really love your book, especially the cover. (laughs) Oh, you do like the cover? I do. The cover of your is bold. What's the message behind it? (laughs) Oh, thank you for asking about that, because I do love that picture. Um, So for the listeners, this is a naked man on the cover, and a woman is reaching from behind. She's reaching to cover his genitals with her red purse. Now, the message here is that uh, women are more cautious and careful by nature. Men are more bold. In fact, we know that, and, and Technicia, get, get this, this is an astounding statistic. There are 412 different emotions. Wow. My God. I know. I know. And so when you think that a woman has more access to those feelings, 
and and she has a different relationship to those feelings than a man does you know it it makes her very different she she that is an important part of her life women feel more frequently and more intensely than men do except now I'm, I'm going back to the the cover of the book and explaining it except for one emotion now can can you guess what that one emotion is out of the 412 <laughs> um oh um I know. I really can't. I didn't. I didn't even know with that many emotions. No wonder why I be so confused at work with people. I'd be like, Are they? What what emotion you have today? Anger, sadness. I'm I'm kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, men have of all the emotion. What men have more of is self pride. So. Okay. That that's what the cover shows. You know, he he's boldly naked and proud and <laughs> he's fine, you know. And she's reaching around to kind of cautiously cover him. <laughs> so it it's supposed to show that idea. <clears throat> I do. I love I love it. I saw it. I can I wonder what what's actually that message, but I love it. You know what <laughs> I would definitely admire if they start teaching more of this what you're telling us today at high school. Maybe even uh, starting middle school. Oh, that would be my dream come true. I I I really believe we should be doing that. I mean, I kind of feel like the the number one thing that would stop divorces. Now, now I'm not talking about where there's abuse, you know, or something like that, but just just in general would be if people understood the difference between men and women it is so profound and one of the one of the mistakes that everyone makes when they go into a romance is you know when you're attracted to someone you project yourself onto them you you believe you assume that that man is like you and that woman right. is is like you you know so right over- and, and, and i was going to say that reminds me when you just mentioned that just as such as your the characters in your book that you mentioned with Kendra and Josh. They started off caught did the romance, started eye to eye, talking and everything and all of a sudden it goes dead. We yeah. don't talk. Not like you and I do. Maybe something's wrong. I think he loves me, I guess. You don't really know. Everything goes dry because I think in the beginning, as you said, we have all these hormones. They're flying. They're bursting. They pop like yeah. popcorn. But then it, it starts dying down. Now the sex is over. Where did we go from here? The conversation yes. is there. I don't know what else to talk about. So, yeah. 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 Exactly. So then, then the unmet expectations start setting in, and that leads to incredible disappointment. In fact, in women, it can, can go into depression. And if that's if if the unmet expectations are repeated, especially you know she may go on a quest that she's that there's something wrong with him, and she's got to teach him to feel, you know maybe he had a bad childhood she's thinking, or or, or maybe he just was taught to clamp down on his feelings and I can heal him, so she works really really hard you know for for maybe many years maybe even decades. And she doesn't she doesn't understand that a man does not have access to 
all the amazing things that she has access in her brain. The reason she has access is because menstruation made it so. You know, that's that's what causes the the bridge between the left and right hemisphere to thicken in a woman. So she's got this freeway between her left and right brains, and she can get over there well. You know, a, a guy doesn't have that. Her the her bridge between her left and right brain is four times what his is. Wow! So, and they wonder, yeah. and they Bruce Wayne guys put us through so they do they put us through so much they don't have anything to worry about, you know. But <laughs> let me ask you, Doctor Foster, because I know you said it in your book, so you do find that true of the studies that. When you marry, that you become unhappy, and all these illnesses approach. Then, if you then compared to a woman who's actually single, there there is a difference. Yeah, that there is more depression in married women, and I think this is I think this is why it's because when when you have your expectations blown apart, it hurts, and when it keeps keeps happening and it you, you know you're you're patient and you try but it keeps happening it keeps happening it's it's really difficult so so part of the guts of this you know is is you have a couple and they sit down to talk and neither one of them knows the neuroscience of this so they don't know that most men pay more attention to and rely on their thoughts and women pay attention to and rely on their feelings now, this doesn't have to do with IQ. The, the IQ scores between the genders is, is equal. But the way this shakes out is that a woman tries to share something, and she's going to share one of her thought feelings, you know. And he tries to respond, and, and he's not trying to be mean, he, but he steps over her feelings, and he reaches for just right. data. You know, logic. Remember I, I was saying that men learned language as they were hunters and they spoke in staccato and, a, and factual ways. So he's doing this. Why? He, he, he reaches for, he looks at what she said and he reaches for data. And men take pride in noticing inconsistencies in what somebody says. Say They, they think that's. They're proud of that when they can find an inconsistency. So he may point that out to her, or he might find a solution quickly for her. Or he might just argue for the sake of intellectual stimulation because men do that. And he also has to be factually right or superior. So now that's just natural to men and their brain structure. But all this feels like an argument to her because she as she begins to talk to him she's doing something completely different you know she's motivated by her oxytocin which causes her to want to bond she has a brain structure that causes her to be relational so unknowingly he's cut her off from sharing and a woman doesn't feel like herself if she if she can't have a natural expressiveness you know, he needs to be open to that. She's seeking connecting, intimate dialogue. Because for her, this is the heart of romance. 
whereas he tends to use dialogue to establish facts and to display knowledge. So, again, when, when you look at if a guy wants to be successful with a woman, you know, he has to understand that um, the key is going to be language. Now, most men, most men think the key is sex because for men, they equate that to emotional uh, closeness, you know. I, I remember a couple in therapy and... <clears throat> the woman presented her concerns about the marriage, which is typical. Women present a long list and men don't have a lot to say um, because it is women typically who are struggling. But but the guy, the guy turned to me and he said, you know, if she and I could get away for a week without the kids and just have fabulous sex, all these complaints would go away. Now, she just rolled her eyes and sunk into the couch. She was so disappointed with what he said, because wh- what a guy needs to understand is it's going to be a it's he's going to have to use language, and he's going to have to listen. He's he needs to say, "Honey, I want to catch up with what's going on in your life. Can we talk?" And then as she's talking, he needs to look for opportunities to ask, "And how do you feel about that?" And that can make all the difference. The the other thing is that he needs to try to look her in the eye. That is more difficult for men. But for women, uh, women don't really trust somebody if they don't look them in the eye. So it's incredibly important wow. if you want to establish romance that you must look a woman in, in the eye. Right. Now the she other has to know that you're connected. What's that? And you, and I guess you have to know that that man is actually connected. But did yes. you say all that? You say all that in your book. The man yeah. is often unaware. He may say or do thoughtless things, and we yeah. as women, we're so beyond that now. We're like, uh, you probably don't know that you just turned me off just now by saying what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that, al- I think, that alpha male is so irritating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women, women are kind of like you say over that. I, I think the other thing that a guy needs to do <clears throat> is to try to find an activity, a shared activity that sparks emotion in her. Okay, so that that might be like, it might be reading aloud together, it might be dancing, it might be having dinner parties together, it might be pursuing spirituality together, raising a garden. It's something that engages her emotionally. And for him is a shared activity without conflict. So th- those two things dovetail together for both to build closer, to, to build closeness, you know. And and another thing that a woman can keep in mind is that men's minds are much more neutral. Women's minds tend to be very busy and, in fact, too busy, and a lot of women really need a mental rest. So when she's with a man, she can rest her mind. She doesn't have he doesn't care that much if she keeps up the dialogue. You know? It it can be quieter and she can rest and it can become a relief. He can kind of provide that environment for her. Okay. But at the same time when because just thinking about talking with your yeah. mate, should you mm-hmm. 
should you give them a heads up to maybe how long you want to talk? Yeah, I, I thank you for bringing that up. <clears throat> Women have to figure out how to talk to men. Okay. And basically, if you can keep in mind that a woman is motivated by empathy, men are motivated by wins. So the way that shakes out is, you know, if she goes to talk to him about something, she's, she's seeking to be understood, she, her, her tendency is to lay out all the negative emotion and all the stuff so that he can understand her, and then the light will go on in his eyes, and he will be empathic, and everything will be fine. Only that doesn't happen. Because as she's talking, he's not sure what to do with the emotion. It kind of confuses him. His brain is efficiency-seeking because testosterone has made it that way. So he's listening for the bottom line. He wants to know what she wants him to do. Now, he's happy to do it, usually. He just doesn't know what she wants him to do. He keeps listening for that, and he gets frustrated. So he feels relieved when he knows what you want. You know, he feels overwhelmed, and his eyes kind of glaze over when you talk about your feelings. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, women are different. So this is is what I, I tell women. First... First of all, get alone and journal and figure out what you want him to do. Maybe it's, honey, would you text me at 5 o'clock each evening to let me know what time you'll be home for dinner? Maybe that's it, you know. Now, and she can write about her feelings. And then when she goes to him, she says, honey, would you text me at 5 o'clock to let me know when you'll be home for dinner? Then if he says, yeah, sure, I can, I can do that. And then she can say, and I just need to talk about my feelings around that for a minute, and I don't need you to, to change or, or try to fix anything because we've already, we've already decided on that. And I just need you to understand what I feel. I think a woman has to say, you know, I, I'm a woman and I'm different, and my feelings are who I am. I mean, they're, they're very important to me. I I need to express those with you. Right. But men, men are just so different when it comes to empathy. I mean, they show it, but it's different. Well, men have cognitive empathy. And women, okay. yeah, and women are expecting emotional empathy. So, you know, uh, Cognitive empathy is what causes a guy to come up with a quick solution to what she's saying. He wants to get her out of distress, you know. But a woman doesn't really mind being in a stress for a, in distress for a while. She she doesn't mind talking through it. That's really what she expects. In fact, there's a whole lot of times when she just needs to talk about it, and that's it. And, of course, a guy doesn't know that she can be helped by talking about her feelings. He, he doesn't know that. So she, she has to tell him. Right. You can't blindside a guy. You have to be up front with them. Cause, yeah, as you, you do. Said, you have to be pretty concrete. Their mind is kind of almost like talking to a brick wall. <laughs> That's how I feel when I sometimes talk to my husband. It's like, 
are you even listening to me? Are we even on the same page? So you have to say things yeah. go with the guy. Yeah. Uh, See, a, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people divorce because they because they feel like there's just no connection. There's just no way to connect. But it's not a really a problem with the relationship. It's a problem with the expectations. And what what's happening in him is he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what you want. You know, he's he's his mind. He might be working really hard to objectively analyze the problems you're talking about, but he doesn't know that he's supposed to validate you and show sensitivity and try to understand what you feel. He 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 wouldn't even guess that that's what you want. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It is. It really is. Oh my gosh! It really has me psyched. I wish that like. We could go on for hours just talking about it because it is interesting just to get in deep inside and understand the guy's yeah. brain for once and for all, you know. Absolutely. We might still have a lot more digging. I don't think we'll ever stop digging because men yeah. are just going to be mad about the end of the day. <laughs> and and hopefully, hopefully my marriage will keep going and we can actually end up communicating. But uh-huh. Dr. Foster, I well, I really do appreciate you for coming on to the show. This has been very exciting and enlightening. Oh, Tell us thank where you. we can purchase your You're so welcome. Where can we get your book? Uh, you can go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNobles.com. You can also go to my website. And on my website, you can see all all five of my books. Um, that's CatherineFosterPhD.com. And Catherine is K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And just click on books, and it will take you to, to a description of the books and the book cover, and then you can uh, click to buy them. Right. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And hopefully we can definitely probably have you coming back on where we can discuss about that second book, What Women Won't Really, because I don't yeah. want you guys we don't know what we want, but thank you again, <laughs> Dr. Foster. Absolutely. It's been really a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for getting it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Take well, care. My list, you too. Well, my listeners, today, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen is this. At times, you need to allow yourself to be impulsive, make a spontaneous decision. The desire to do things spur of the moment will awaken a natural structure play for part of you. When faced with the decision, weigh your options and follow your intuition. Your intuition or knowing are the innermost part of yourself that tells you what is the best thing to do for your spirit. Refresh your spirit by taking the thoughts out of your day to see where life leads you. Today, give yourself permission to make impulsive, spontaneous decisions. Enjoy the day, everyone, and happy 4th of July. Make sure you save me a plate, okay? But ciao for now. I'll see you next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.